your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Our weekly Friday visit with the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show. Tori, happy Friday to you. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Good, good. Skip, I, I know you didn't get the results you wanted. Bear with me. I'm losing my voice right now. But uh, probably from screaming for, for you guys to get some runs last night. But you had to be happy with, with the attendance. A sellout. So many fans. I know there was a bunch of Dodger fans there. But, man, there was so many Diamondback fans. Felt Probably felt really good to have that sellout and play in front of a packed house. Yeah, nothing better. I've always maintained that when when our fans are in this stadium and it's full and or near full and they're cheering for uh, it's the loudest venue I've ever been in. And you know what? It was so great. In the seventh inning stretch, I could hear D-backs over the Dodgers uh, when, when they're talking about who you're rooting for. And, you know, that gets tiring after a while. But um, we know our fans are out there. We just got to earn them, uh, earn them back and, and, and get them back by playing good baseball. And we feel like we're very close to doing that. You know, it's it's unfortunate you're facing great pitching to start, and the Dodgers have so much of it. And I know you didn't want to give too much credit to them, and you want to put some pressure on your guys to deliver. But Dustin May was really, really good last night. He made it very difficult on you guys. Yeah, you know, when you're, when you're throwing 99-mile-an-hour sinker, sinking fastballs, 100-mile-an-hour, 14 fastballs, um, with some good secondary stuff, it does get challenging. Uh, but you're right. I know that you heard a little bit of my message. It sounds like you heard a little bit of my message. I, I respect every major league pitcher, especially when they're feeling it, that they're going to go out there and shut you down. But I believe in our guys just a little bit more. And I know that we can counterpunch. I know that we've been training for these moments when we have somebody that, that's live and hot and shutting us down. Um, you know, at least at least give ourselves a chance to score a couple runs. We did that, but I feel like we should be a little bit better in the long run and. and we will get there. We're very close. We're playing good baseball, not our best baseball. Um, and I'm pleased with where we're at. But we got to find a way to beat guys like like Matt. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, Gamble mentioned the start that you're off to with the, with the different starting pitchers that you face so far. You're, you're never you're never going to have a lot of power in this lineup, at least not the way it's constructed right now. I saw some comments from Mike Hazen. So I got to imagine this brand of small ball that we've seen out of you for the first week of the season. That's the way for you, right? I mean, that's going to have to be the way for you at least early on with the way the roster is constructed with the lack of power, correct? Well, yeah, I think all all, all good managers and, and you know actually all good all good um, people that are in management position manage the people that they have. And you know, I'm very very aware of who we have, what it looks like, what the strengths are, what their limitations are, and I'm not going to try and set a, a round peg in a square hole. I want our guys to go out there and play inside of their capabilities and see what that looks like. So, you know, it's 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 one sound, it's it's one symphony, but everybody's playing individually, and they go out there and do the best that they possibly can on, on a given day. And yeah, I would love to have everybody be able to walk up to the plate and slug home runs. It's just not possible. We just got good baseball players that are good hitters and we understand what our what our identity is and our identity is to get on base cause some problems and then get the big hit Tori Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I, I ask you this question on behalf of me and, and a few others that I've, I've heard from all kind of wondering the same thing. Corbin Carroll not batting leadoff. What's behind that decision for you and the crew, Tori? Uh, well, he's clearly um, one, of, one of the 
fan favorites. He's clearly one of our favorites inside of this clubhouse. He's the clubhouse, and he's one of our, our, his teammates' favorites. You know, I just don't want to put extra pressure on him, and I know it's a pressure-packed game. He's going to migrate north. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I know that the listeners are probably thinking, well, it doesn't matter if he's hitting sixth or, or fifth or first. Um, it's the same type of pressure. I, I do agree with that. You know, but young players tend to put a little bit extra, a um, little bit extra in those gears when they're if they're hitting the top of the lineup. And I just want to give them the chance to get 50, 70 at bats in and then see where he's at and then just migrate him there at that point in time. So it will happen. It will definitely happen. And I, you know, I'm not, not to say that, that this is a pat lineup. We know that we're, we're a little bit deficient in certain areas. So yeah, maybe juggling lineup would be good, but I don't want to start to bounce guys around, especially at the young age, like at Corbin's young age. I want to give him a chance to just get some foundation and then migrate him to where he belongs. That calls to mind a question that I know Gambo asked you a few weeks ago when we were still in spring training about Corbin and the contract and the extra pressure he might put on himself because of that contract. Is that part of the rationale, too, when you talk about him not wanting to press and put too much pressure on himself? It could have been. I was keeping a close eye on that. I mean, that's my job. And it was one of the first things that I told him. You don't have to justify this contract. It was given to you because you've, you've, you've played in that on that level. And we feel like that's going to be who you are, rain or shine. So don't put extra pressure on yourself to, to make that a good contract. It will be a good contract for everybody if you do what you're supposed to do. So I tried to outline that the best that I could. But still, you just don't know what's going on in a young player's mind that, that gets that type of a deal. And I just wanted everything to settle down. I just want things to simmer for a little while. And I know, I know, you know, this. There's, 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 the strategist part of me is saying this is the right move. And then the fan part of me is saying, put him up there and get him as many at-bats, help him switch some baseball games. I got to balance that out. It'll happen. It's just a matter of it's, it's a matter of when, and I want to make sure that once he goes, he stays there for the rest of his career. How much are you putting into the at bats? Like Alec Thomas doesn't have a hit yet, but man, I thought he had a couple of really good at bats last night before you pinch hit for him. And I, you know, even though I'm going up against May, I think he fouled off like three. You know, he's just he was almost on, and he was right there. So with the guys that are struggling, how much do you look at not the out that they made, but just the at bat that they had? Yeah, good point. Uh, yesterday was probably one of his best days. He had like seven or eight pitch walk. Then he covered the fastball 107 miles an hour directly to the center fielder um, after a great at-bat. So it's a process for him. And once again, he's a young hitter, and, and he's getting pitched to, and he's making his own adjustments subtly inside of each at-bat. And when you see little wins like that, it's a, it's a good day for him. But the frustrating part is you don't have the results you want. When you're, when you're looking uphill and you haven't gotten a hit, in 10, 15, 20 at-bats, all you want is a base hit, and that'll just get your day started and get your day going in the right direction. But it just hasn't happened yet. It will, but he's worked on so many things, and he's just in a really good spot. I want those results to happen for him so bad, but he's got to keep pounding away. That's how this game is. you think it's fair to say that this is a big start for Madison Bumgarner? I know it's only the second start of the season, but he had a, a rough first outing. He had a, a really bad end to last year. Is, is this an important start for him? Yeah, I think every every start for all of our guys at this point in time are really really important. And you know, I I know um, um, 
didn't didn't necessarily throw the ball uh, as well as you wanted to early in the game uh, against the Dodgers. But yeah, I, I wanted to go out there and pitch well for him. I know how hard he's been working. I know I know the frustration that he's feeling. And he looked me square in the eye the first couple of days of spring training. And said, "You, I just want to make sure you understand something, Tori. Nobody wants to win more than me. Nobody wants to win a World Championship more than me. And I know what I got to do to uphold that. So I know he wants to go out there and pitch well for himself and for this ball club." There's a lot of old pitchers right now that really seem to be struggling with the pace and having to, you know, pitch a lot faster. You know, Scherzer and there's been a lot of guys. You know, and there's I've been some numbers guys 36 and older. The ERA is about two runs higher than it was last year for the same age group. How much of a factor do you think it is for an older guy to have that 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 pitch, you know, that pitch clock now where they've got to play at such a pace that they're not used to? Yeah, I. W- I wouldn't have said much earlier, and um, maybe mid spring training, I would have said, "Yeah, it's just going to be the same." But I'm watching some of, some of these pitchers get get uh, whammied out there and throw 25, 30 pitches, and they're just gassed out when they're coming back coming back off field. And not necessarily just our guys. I'm watching I'm watching the opposition very very closely. So, yeah, I, I, somebody asked me that in mid spring training, and I kind of I slept it off, with saying, "No, nah, I don't think 15 seconds is too much. Their guys will be fine. They're in shape. They work hard for that." I think well, there's some adjustments here. I think there's something that's going on this first month of the season. We're all getting used to it. And I certainly think the pitchers are, from a fatigue standpoint and a stamina standpoint, trying to get a feel for this. They'll get better. I just think it's such a new normal. They don't know how to, how to do it yet, but they will. You know, as a manager, if you've got a pitcher that has a real laboring inning where he's tired, he's exhausted, you're always able to do something on the other end. You do tell your batters, hey, you know, take your time going up to the plate, take a pitch, step out you try to buy him a minute two minutes three minutes if you can i mean you don't have the ability to do that anymore yeah you're right there there's definitely a strategy right you can see teams slow play it they'll, they'll pick up the rosin bag once we get back in the dugout after a long 30 pitch inning for our pitchers they'll pick up the rosin bag as they're walking up the home plate stall go back talk to the talk to the um on deck hitter and just take their time and just be creative with ways to create a little bit of space and time between pitches or between that first pitch. And it, as a result, I've had to ask our guys several times already this year to take a strike. So it's not, it, it, it's obvious for the baseball fan that when you're taking a strike after a long inning, but we've got to do it several times. And, and that impacts the at bat, especially when you're facing a guy like May or Kershaw, where they're just filling up the zone with really good stuff. And, and when you're walking up there, 0 1, puts you in a very difficult position. So one side of it gets better, the other side will start to produce a little bit, but that's why it's such a team sport. It's a team sport in areas where guys don't even think about. Nobody knows. The fans probably don't even know how many times that I've asked the player to go up there and take a strike for the simple fact that we don't make a first pitch out and we've got to give our starting pitcher a little bit of rest. That's, that's part of the game that I love. Our guys will do it. They won't even bat an eye, and they're out there to do it for one another. Tori, we appreciate the conversation as always. Best of luck tonight and this upcoming week. We'll talk to you a week from today, okay? Okay, boys. Thank you so much.